0: Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean Jacques Taylor, were two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going.
1: Welcome. It's nice to have you here.
0: What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 336, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled.
1: If not entertained.
0: As I suppose we were as we record this moments after the Dallas Cowboys season, shockingly comes to yet another obvious conclusion as for the 27th consecutive season. The Dallas Cowboys failed to advance past the divisional round, losing a mistake-filled game in San Francisco. So the 49ers now will advance to their seventh NFC championship game since the last time the Cowboys went to one. All the way back in 1995. And it sucks. It's not... uh, I'm bummed, man. I'm really bummed. This was a team that I thought might have a chance. But much like every other team in any other year,
1: Okay, what bums you out the most? Because it's a very interesting game to me.
0: Uh, the mistakes, more than anything. I, I, I'll tell you what bums me out the most. But before I tell you that, let me tell you about Greening Law. Because Greening Law, I, I need healing and renewal right now. <laughs> because my Cowboys heart is is once again hurt. I need Greening Law to help me with this. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've been hurt somehow on the premises of a business, what have you, you need to give Greening Law a call because in all seriousness, they do, I mean, I'm working with them right now because we're getting towards the end of my case and they've been working on it for a year and a half and the stuff that they do behind the scenes and the ways that they're able to work things for you, just nobody would know how to do it. You've got to have that expertise and the trust in this team and the process that they go through to, Take care of all that crap behind the scenes so that you can work on getting your body back to what it needs to be and your mental health. Greening law, that's what they do. They, they really do fight those insurance companies to make sure you get taken care of.
1: No, and that's why if you have an incident, whether it's an accident with a with another vehicle like Mad is it an apartment complex at a business, a construction site, any of that, man, you need to pick up the phone and call 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. Ask Greening Law, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? They bring you on as a client. I'm telling you, it's been your great day. And check this out. The call to see if it works for both of y'all, it's free. doesn't cost you a thing. They don't get paid unless you get paid, and that's one of the better things about Greening Law.
0: Greening Law, my friend, it's easy. Make that call today. Again, consultation is free. Cost you nothing to see if you've got a case. 972-934-8900. Again, that's nine seven two nine three four eighty nine hundred. So yes, I am bummed and, and you asked the question, what bums you out the most? And I and I'll tell you, I've been a Dak defender hardcore for a long time. I've really believed in Dak. I I I do not believe that he can win a Super Bowl. And and I say that in a sense of with the team and the way that it is currently constructed after watching today, I don't think he's the guy. Now, that being said, I don't think Brock Purdy is some elite level, amazing quarterback. But San Francisco has put some things around whoever they thought the quarterback was going to be. Keep in mind, originally, they thought it was going to be Trey Lance. They made a move to go out and get a weapon like a Christian McCaffrey. And they have put pieces in place and then ask their quarterback, hey, play in our system and just kind of be the game manager. Don't turn the ball over and do what we need you to do because we've got weapons galore for you. And the Cowboys decided not to do that with Dak. And it's obvious that he, he's not a quarterback that can win if he doesn't have all those pieces around him. I thought he was horrible tonight. It, I, I blame him. I blame Dak Prescott for losing this game. And, and that's probably not 100% fair. There's some other things that I know that we're going to get to. The interceptions, we talked about it all year. You, you can't continue to do that. You can't throw that second interception when you just converted a fourth and four right before the half in the red zone when you had an opportunity at worst to at least attempt a field goal. You can't throw that pick. And on the final drive, you had all three timeouts. Your $40 million quarterback, almost threw a pick six on his first pass, completely missed a wide open Michael Gallup for a deep pass on the second down, and then held the ball too long on third
1: down and got sacked. Yeah, I think the play to Gallup is the one that bothered me the most because that's a guy like, oh my God, did they really allow Gallup to get open on a deep post? Everybody who knows football knows on that route, you lead him and let him run to the numbers and catch it. And he threw the ball like two yards behind him. Um now I didn't see if there was pressure on that play, but yeah, I'm with you, man. I think um, I think Dak was disappointing today. I think Dak was bad today. He never felt like he got into a real rhythm or a real comfort zone. Uh, but I don't blame him all for that. And I say that in this sense, and I've been saying it all year. I said it when they made their moves in the offseason. What had you seen that made you think that Dak was that guy that was going to elevate right. everybody else to – A super elevate basically average players to a to a Super Bowl level. Not like not like I'm not even saying everybody's gonna be great. Like I don't think you got to have a first round top ten pick at all these other spots. But you got to give him better than Noah Brown for three fourths of the season to be a key guy that you're counting on, or a banged up Michael Gallup who's really a shadow of himself because he's coming back from an ACL. And so when you look at it, and we we talked about this last week, dog, like. In this offense, where are the real playmakers? And it's Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. And when Pollard went out, I was like, man. Yeah. They got a a big-time problem because they don't have no more playmakers. Yeah, and and again, like when I was saying, it's probably
0: not 100% fair to put it on Dak, but he's the quarterback. And in the playoffs, that's what you do. The the fact that a rookie seventh-round quarterback is going to the NFC title game, again, it it goes to what I was saying and also what you're saying, that – San Francisco really is even at the beginning of the year when it was supposed to be Trey Lance and then it went to Jimmy G they realized okay we need Debo but he's still not enough we've got George Kittle we've got some explosion we got a great play caller in Kyle Shanahan we still need something else so they go out and trade for Christian McCaffrey and we've seen the results even though you know McCaffrey wasn't anything real special today he had a couple of nice catches that and obviously had the touchdown run up the middle but To your point, Jacques, I mean, we and we talked about this all offseason. They put Dak Prescott in a position that he cannot play in. He cannot, he is not a top five quarterback. He is not an elite level quarterback. I think it's pretty obvious now that if you're going to continue to move forward with Dak Prescott and he's got two years left on this deal, and if you want to extend him, then you need to go out and, and put more playmakers around him so that if you have a wide receiver go down or if you have a Tony Pollard go down, your offense isn't completely shot to shit.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's fair to say. Like, and I'm not sitting here saying Dak played good because he didn't. He played poorly today. Matter of fact, I wrote a column last week that was really spot on, Matt. And I, I'm not, not that I was breaking news, but just the fact that if you can put pressure on Brock Purdy and you can outplay him, mm-hmm. you got a real good chance to win the game. Um, I thought after the first quarter, I go, wow, they got a great chance to win this game because clearly the defense showed up, so they're not going to be that far away from you. It's just a matter of can the offense settle down and win. And, you know, like um, they just they had a few opportunities and they didn't take advantage of. Them. You know, the when boss man fat makes basically one of only two plays, he's made his <laughs> entire career. No, yeah. I'm serious. No, he makes one of two plays his entire career and gives you a fumble at the 20. That can't be a field goal. Right. That has to be a touchdown, especially given the tenor of the game. Like, okay, we know it's a tight game. We know both defenses are balling. If you get a crack at it, you got to score because the uh, odds of you driving more than once today is uh, is not going to happen. And so that was a wasted opportunity. But and I put this in the grades that I do for the Dallas Morning News um, that you guys will be reading this morning. When it talks about the overall th- thought of the game, I go, basically... The only question coming out of the game is, what do you do with deck? Because if you think he's still the guy, you have to upgrade. and if you have all your private meetings and we're, I mean let's just keep it real man right. so when 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 Jerry and Stephen and McCarthy and Will McClay sit around this summer and have some uh, some Johnny Walker Blue and talk about it real talk you know, two or three drinks in. Like, what are we going to do with Dak? Like, is he the guy and we got to get him more weapons? Or is he not the guy? Because, yeah, he got two years left on his deal. But what does that really mean, man? Right. I mean, that means you, negotiations yeah. start now.
0: You start ex- looking. If you're going to extend him and you think that he's a guy you can win with, which I, I don't know what you saw this year that makes you believe, especially well, his performance in this playoff game, you cannot win with Dak Prescott with the team constructed the way that it is.
1: But here's the thing and i think uh the the issue is this this year was such this year is such an outlier year i don't know what to think you know what i mean like he's never thrown as many picks whether you whether we're gonna say they're his fault they're not his fault doesn't really matter he's never thrown this many picks and so i don't have anything to compare it to like is this the start of who you really are or is this such an outlier year that you just need an offseason to come back and you'll be back to I mean, dude had 37 TDs and 10 picks a year ago. He's never thrown this many picks. And so it's a hard call to make because you don't know really what quarterback you're looking at.
0: He also had Amari Cooper last year to go along with CeeDee Lamb. And again, maybe it's that thing because like we talked about, when you are some of these other teams that we have seen, the two teams that are going to play for the NFC title – both made major trades. Now, San Francisco did it in season when they went out and got Christian McCaffrey. The Philadelphia Eagles made a a major trade, obviously, back in April when they brought in A.J. Brown. The Dallas Cowboys made a a major trade, getting rid of one of their top players. And the other teams that are playing for these things are the teams that are making moves trying to find a way to add to help their young quarterbacks, to help their players have as many weapons as possible. When the Cowboys are asking a guy who is not elite, who is, again, against Tampa last week, he played one of the greatest games we've ever seen. He was bad tonight. It cost him a playoff game. He made the mistake last year in the playoff game against the 49ers. At some point, you have to look at it, and, and I mean, they... And that's part of the frustration, I think, because either the, Cow- the Cowboys try to lie to all of us and just keep acting like they're having something like, OK, you went 12 and five kick ass. That's great. You know, to me, this is a failed season. The goal was not to win a playoff game and lose in the divisional round again. I don't give a shit about the divisional round the goal right. was to the goal the reason why they got rid of jason garrett a couple of years ago was because he couldn't get past this point and they felt like they had the right players in place well now this is two years in a row that they still cannot get past this point and you got to start looking questions and you got to start asking those questions and if you don't believe dak is the guy and i don't know what you do if you don't because it, again you quarterbacks aren't just out there. It's very difficult to even hope that you find the right one in the draft. And I don't know that you want to blow this thing up and go into a full rebuild. Uh, you're not blowing it up after right. 12 or five. Seasons. Right. That's what um, I'm saying. So reality of it is, I mean, I mean, You almost feel like you have to extend them because you did go 12 and five. You were one win away from the NFC title game. And it's obvious that there are pieces that you need to upgrade for Dak Prescott to be a successful quarterback because he's not going to do it for you on his own.
1: No, But I I don't ever. I mean, they were the only ones who thought that if that's if that's the case and it appears to be. Um, Stevie Wonder could see that he's not that type of dude and that's not a knock on him There's only, the guys who are like that are Hall of Famers and ain't nobody ever said Dak was a Hall of Famer I mean let's go to the very basics of it and we've talked about this in general but what did Buffalo do for Josh Allen hey let me go get you Stephon Diggs right? and now everything else will fall in place what the hell did Cincinnati do for Joe Burrow we're going to get you everybody Yep. anybody and everybody who's out there we're going to get him for you So if they're doing that for guys who have more arm talent than Dak and are better quarterbacks than Dak, then that's what you should be doing for Dak. Like, the goal should now be to look at your offense. And, you know, the points are great. But even when they were scoring the points, I was like, you ain't on no playmakers. And CeeDee Lamb, all right? I had a lot of questions about him after 2 for 19 to start the season. That dude's a baller. He looks like a legit number one receiver. So we good there, all right? The question to me, really, Doug, and Michael Gallup, I think, when he's back from his knee will be fine. But the question is, what do you do about that third receiver? You go take one in the first round of the draft? You go acquire one? You know, what do you do with that spot? Because you need another guy there. And then like, this is just me, and it's still early. I think Jake Ferguson will be fine. Uh, At tight end replacing Dalton Schultz. Uh, From the little bit I saw this year, I think he'll be fine. Um, But you have got to add playmakers on offense. And I saw something today, and it, you know, I'm late. I'm not late to the party, but I've been really, 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 really watching. And I saw something today, and I go, yep, got to take my emotion out of this and just make my decision. And that is... Former running backs coach Clarence Sheldon from 20 years ago, he explained this to me one, one time, and I think we were talking about Emmett. And he said, when you're a young running back, you see the hole, you accelerate through it. and You get to the other side, you're making moves in the secondary. When you get a little bit older, you see the hole, you explode through it, and you just get out into the secondary before you start making moves as opposed to you know you in the secondary making moves when you're a young guy that third step dog you see the hole you get through it but you can no longer get to the other side Mm. and those and what happens and when you can't get to the when you're a young guy or you're that second group you get through when you're a young guy you get through that hole and it's a 20-yard game when you're in that second groove you get through that hole it's a 10-yard game when you're Zeke Elliott right now man you get through the hole, and it's like a three- or four-yard gain. And the next level is what, Matt? You see the hole, and you can't get through the hole, and you get stopped for no gain on a regular basis. But he had that run today where it was off right tackle, and yeah. he cut it up. And I was like, oh, shit. And he got dropped for about a five-yard gain or something. And I was like, we all know if that's pilot, that's about 20. is he can't. Whatever. I mean, it's the NFL. That's why the NFL average running back career is three and a half years or two and a half years now. He no longer can explode through there and get into the and get through the hole without it getting caught up, tripped up, all of that stuff. And so, you know, um, you love all the intangible stuff. It was a great one yard run he did to get a first down in the first half. But you may have to you may have to either you probably have to you probably just have to make a move. And uh, go with Pollard and somebody else because, you know, I don't. You know, his last what was it, man? His last fifty carries have netted like eighty-four yards. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a stunning drop-off. But it, I haven't seen anything, and I don't
0: think that any of us really saw anything this year, especially in the last couple of months. It just looks like Zeke is done. I mean, honestly, and I and I hate to say that because I love Zeke. I mean, when I play Madden with Zeke, I make him run for like twenty-five hundred yards a season. It's great, but. That's not reality.
1: If you just look at how more explosive Malik Davis looks than Zeke, you're just like, that's, I mean, Malik Davis looks like a playmaker if you put him next to Zeke. And y'all know I'm a Buckeye, love Zeke. I ain't going to never forget, 85 yards through the heart of the South against Alabama. But that guy is a long time ago by NFL standards. He's had all those carries, Mm -hmm. all that wear and tear. And, You know, you have to take a hard look at it in the offseason, man. I'm not sure what number is worth bringing him back because you still need the production, even if it's at a bargain, even if he wants to come back at what number. I still need the production. Doesn't matter what number. If you come back at the minimum, I still need the production and I don't know that you can give it to me.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is I, I just don't know. To your point, Jacques, I mean, the last four games that he has played, the two playoff games and the final two games of the regular season, exactly 50 carries for exactly 100 yards in his last four games. That's two yards a carry for Zeke Elliott. And and that, if that's what you're going to get, you don't need that dude on your team.
1: No, nah, it's cold but that's the way
0: it is. That's the way that it is. And, you know, it's unfortunate when Pollard got hurt, you, you kind of had that feeling that, okay, this is going to be really difficult. He, he, he had the 10-yard run. Outside of that, Tony Pollard's other five runs went for 12 yards. Uh, this game, I mean, for the most part, I thought both defenses would play this way. I thought, Ooh. and we talked about this last week, I thought this would be a defensive struggle and that's why he, we talked about this. You can't turn the ball over. you got to minimize your mistakes because when you get into a defensive game like this, those little mistakes are going to cost you. And the Dak interceptions were just monumentally massive. I still don't know what the hell happened on the first interception. It looked to me you, like he thought Gallup was running a comeback and Gallup didn't come back, so I, I, I don't know.
1: No, that's what all the, the Twitter experts who would know say, when I call them the Twitter experts, I mean the former quarterbacks. Orlovsky, uh, my man, Clinton Sterner. Uh, they're all like, oh, that's a comeback. And for some reason, Michael Gallup kind of stopped on the comeback and let the other guy get beat him to the spot. Um, so like a lot of picks this year, that doesn't necessarily go on Dax Ledger. Right. But was a big play. Uh, even though the defense held up and held him to a field goal, points were going to be at a premium today. And so you know, even at that point, I'm like, damn, defense is just balling. So, yeah, maybe they can hold them to a field goal. But it just felt after the first two series like, OK, points are going to be at a premium all day. It's going to be a tight game.
0: Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's one of those things because it's like that all season. When we saw all these games in which Dak threw a pick. It'd be like, okay, well, the one pick wasn't his fault. The other one was definitely his fault. And then so many of those picks, I mean, how, however many he threw this year, I guess that's now what? He threw, what was it, 15 in the regular season? And then he threw yeah. two today, so 17 overall in the season in the 14 games that he played, 17 interceptions. And so you look at that, it, and, I, okay, not all of them were on Dak, but we saw multiple times this year where it looked like he and the receiver weren't on the same page. Like we that that was not the first time this season that we saw a receiver where Dak threw the ball where he thought the receiver was supposed to be and the receiver did something different. And that was I don't recall seeing that in years past as many times as we saw it this season where there seemed to be a disconnect between him and the receivers at times.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, I think that's legitimate. And I mean, we'll never get to the bottom of it. Uh, sometimes it's just bad plays by different individuals on, in different situations. But I don't think there's any doubt they got to upgrade that, man. And so, you know, however you do it, you have to upgrade it. Um, I certainly ain't waiting for Jalen Tober to show me something this year. That he ain't, <laughs> no. No, nah, I'm for real. Like, he ain't Not showed me all. nothing last year. And, um, you know, the NFL now is uh, there's some ways to get it done. I'd be very aggressive with it. Maybe it's a draft. Okay, that's cool. Maybe it's a free agency. That's cool, too. Maybe it's a trade. That's cool, too. But you have got to get a real – big-time playmaker in here at receiver, so that you got three of them so that if somebody gets hurt you know you can do what you need to do um but to me man naming the game is playmakers yeah and they just don't have enough of them right now no you, you you gotta go do what we
0: talked about earlier which is what literally every other team in the nfl is doing for their young quarterbacks i mean hell miami went out and took one of kansas city's playmakers this past season and now, granted, they didn't do anything when they got to the playoffs, but at least Tua or whoever it's going to be moving forward, they've got weapons galore. Every other. I mean, again, Philadelphia is trading for a first round wide receiver and drafting another one in the first round. San Francisco's looking at their shit halfway through the season going, man, we should be better than this. Let's go get Christian McCaffrey And Dallas is the one team that expects to be up there with the other good teams in the NFC, that's like, <laughs> we don't want one of our best players. You have him. And instead, well, we'll go get James Washington in free agency. And we'll go we'll and, and, and draft Jalen Tolbert and only have him active for three games all season. Because we're the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah, I, you know, the... Uh, the I, I get it all, but, you know, the Jalen Tober thing, I, I didn't like as much just because, I mean, now you can argue, hey, they got Michael Gallup in the third round. They got him from northern Colorado, which is hardly a football power, or the Colorado State, which is hardly a football power. But, uh, you know, South Alabama, man, third round, eh, I don't know, bro. I'd rather have a, uh, a player from a bigger program if I need him to come in and play. But. Will McClay is good on the draft. I'm not going to sit there and nitpick one guy who didn't work out when he's got a bunch of others who did. That being said, they got to figure out how to get more explosive on offense. They got to get guys who can make plays more than Pollard, more than C.D. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I think that will be an emphasis in the offseason. And you got to hope. Like, I mean, I ain't extending Dak this year. I guess I'm going into that last year. But you got to hope that this is a is a one-off year for Dak and the guy that you remember seeing is the guy who shows up next year.
0: Yeah, you you better hope so because if not, then you, you may be about to go through a whole nother thing again. One thing that will make you feel better is Bill Biltong. If you are a fan of beef jerky and look, we all like to snack when we all, for the most part, are looking for healthier snacks and things that'll fill us up that aren't a ton of calories and full of fat and sugar, Bill Biltong is exactly that. It is a South African air-dried meat. It's like beef jerky, but it isn't. Absolutely no artificial ingredients, no sugar. And you can get the two-ounce snack bags, which you and I both like quite a bit. They're two-ounce snack bags, 240 calories with 30 grams of protein. And it tastes good. It's really, really good. Again, if you like beef jerky, this is better. It's more savory. It's more tender. And we remain the only podcast that Bruce Biltong works with because you guys have been so awesome for them. So I'm telling you, if you're looking for a new snack, you could do worse than Bruce Biltong. As Jacques has muted himself, or he would be telling you about Bruce Biltong.
1: I don't know why it's been going to mute. Uh, I don't know. It's it's fantastic, man. Uh, What I like about it, if you go with the slab, you can kind of slice it and dice it how you want to with your own little knife. If you go with the slice Biltong, well, then you just open up your mouth and wait for a little heaven to come in it. (laughs) Yeah. but it's fantastic. I like it because it's got 30 grams of protein. Y'all know I like to work out. I try to watch what I eat, even though I had a chip right now. But even that would go good with some Biltong because you would kind of even out the flavors. Yeah, it would, man. It, it's. I think you guys will really enjoy
0: it. I, I've, I've told many people that. They go, really? Like, you really? I was like, yes, please. Like, go order it. Check it out for yourself. BrewsBiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G dot com, promo code JAM15 at checkout and you get 15% off your order. Also, of course, the podcast continues to be made possible by Freeway Tire Shop, the mechanic you can trust and we're all looking for whatever it is. You want to know when you go to get an oil change that they're not you're trying to mess up your car. You want to know when you got to go and get those new tires that you're getting a fair deal and that's why jr and his crew at freeway tire shop it's the place to go man because they treat you right it's elite level customer service they stand
1: behind their work and they price everything fair dude you know Jr. I, I rock with jr man because you can trust him um i call him the four t's man you can trust him to diagnose the issue you can trust him to use quality parts to fix your car you can dag on sure trust him to charge you a fair price and you can trust him to stand behind his work. So I tell everybody this, even my friends, my close friends. Like, yo, if you got a mechanic who does those four things, then ride with that person. But if you don't, and three out of four is not four out of four, all right? If you don't have somebody who does all four of those things, take your butt up, 35, north toward Denton. Get off the Commonwealth. It's five minutes from uh, downtown north. Go through the stop sign, I mean through the light. He's right on the right. You can't miss him. And you, you can just thank me later because the great experience. The customer service is fantastic. And more important, and nothing worse than an unreliable car, than an unreliable kicker. That's about the only thing worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> JL had your car running right all the time. And hey, trust him. You can thank us later. Seriously. You can. You can. It's Freeway
0: Tire Shop. Check them out online. You can schedule an appointment. Request a quote. It's FreewayTireShop.com. It's funny because... I'm sorry. It's funny because what I was saying It's funny because you bring up the kicker and that was one of those things like if we just focus on this game, this game to me was a model of mistakes all from the Cowboys. And it, I mean, the two Dak interceptions and, and yes, I, I mean, I'm not. He is target number one for me. Failure number one is Dak Prescott. But you look at some of the other mistakes they made where the missed extra point where they finally score a touchdown, you could have gone up seven to three. Instead, it's six to three because Maher, it looked like he shanked it anyway. No, he did. It, it ended up being blocked, but it, I don't it, it didn't. I don't think that mattered. So you had that mistake. The uh, and, and of course, because he missed that extra point. It felt to me like when they went for it on fourth and four later in the first half, that if they had total faith in Maher, that they would have just kicked a field goal right there.
1: Um, I don't know. And, you know, I tweeted about that because I had the same thought. But I was like, I don't know. It's San Francisco. It's it's grass. It's the wind is swirling. It's 52 yards. That's not a gimme. They pro- and I don't know. They've gone for quite a bit this year, which if we move ahead just a smidgen and before we go back, that's why I was surprised they didn't go forward on fourth and five with six minutes left. Uh, but anyway, I, I had the same thought, but I didn't think it was necessarily an automatic field goal given the weather. See, and then you, you just kind of you
0: wonder about that, and and you you just wonder if all that had happened and Maher makes extra points, is there a chance that Dallas has ten points going into the half instead of trailing nine to six? We'll never know. The defensive holding call on third and nine when you get off the field and Donovan Wilson basically tackles George Kittle. They had a chance to force a field goal that it could have made it 12 to nine. Of course, instead of that happening, San Francisco gets the first down and is able to convert it into a touchdown to make it 16 to nine. Even at the end, and I'm curious, I I was just stunned that Cavante Turpin fair caught that
1: final punt. I think he was too. That's why he was pounding his head at the end like what are you doing though you know that the the, the past is Schultz where Schultz is just
0: lollygagging his ass and instead of being like oh I got to make sure I get both my feet in half asses the catch now look granted I'd seriously doubt it would have mattered because at that point you're probably doing a Hail Mary anyway right? it, it, but you're sure as hell not doing Zeke Elliott at, and how weird will that be if that's the last play that we ever see Zeke Elliott in a <laughs> Cowboys uniform? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm still pissy at Dalton Schultz though, man. For an incredibly lazy play, preceded by his inability to turn his shoulders, run through the contact, and go forward, so that they didn't lose 20 seconds when he got out of bounds, and clearly he didn't know the rule, which he should do, because he he was he was you could tell from his body language he didn't think it was any big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would tweet at him, but he blocked me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I imagine so, man, and and.
0: You know, now when you move forward and you look at all these types of situations, it's back-to-back years. You're not good enough to beat San Francisco, who's going to their third NFC title game in the last four seasons. You know, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see them against Philadelphia. Philadelphia looked crazy good against the Giants. I kind of think it's going to end up being Philadelphia and Cincinnati. And the city. Joe Burrow looks like he's on a mission.
1: Joe Burrow
0: is that 12 of the cuss. He is. He's what everybody. Well, and again, he's what you expect to get when you draft a quarterback, number one overall. You want him no. to be Joe Burrow.
1: No, you do. I mean, did you hear his comment this week about uh, somebody's. He was doing his normal press briefing, and somebody's like, well, you've got these free agents and this and that. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. You know, how, how long is your, do you think your window is open? Oh, yeah, I heard that. And he was yeah. like, as long as I'm the quarterback? Dude. Oh, he but but he said it the right way. Yeah, I mean that dude uh, is—he's that guy, man. He's—I think he's the next great one because he's—I agree. He's because he's got the game and he's got the swag and he's got the personality. He's and that's what I mean when you get all three of those. That's I mean he's—he's
0: to me like Tom Brady crossed with Joe Montana.
1: I get that. Now, he's just got to go finish the job and get him a Super Bowl. Yeah. And once he does that. Open
0: then... that open that window to what, what, what could they be the next? Because we all thought it was going to be the Chiefs, and maybe Mahomes will get another one this year. But, man, yeah. if Cincinnati wins this year, you kind of wonder, are they going to be the team of the 2020s yeah. that wins four in ten years or whatever?
1: I don't know, but their defense did a – I mean, they just shut yeah. down Buffalo in a way we haven't seen it. But um, – you know, we don't have that quarterback situation in Dallas.
0: We do not at all. We we have a massive question mark, to be honest with you. The flip side of this is how well the defense played. And I'm curious what you think, because I, I, I'd i be shocked if Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator in Dallas next year. Because um, I fully expect him. I mean, I know he interviewed with the Colts. And I fully and I expect think, somebody's uh, going to hire him as a head coach.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, his... I mean, the resume is there. Uh, he seems to have a desire to be a head coach again. I think his, his task, now he's already done it once, and he did it with uh, Matt Ryan. His task is, I'm not taking a job without a legit quarterback or the first or second pick in the draft where I can get a quarterback. Um, the Houston Texans job is actually a pretty good job, I think. They got a lot uh, of draft picks, man. They got a lot of draft picks. They have some talent. Um, they play indoor. You know, I mean, they, that's an intriguing spot because you want a place where you can build it, but you got the assets to build it or trade for what you don't have. And um, so I don't know. That's interesting to me. But his defense today lights out. They played clearly well enough to win. The yes. only thing they didn't do was come up with a turnover. But I give them a pass on that, and here's why. They, I told you, San Francisco was averaging 33 carries and 175 yards.
0: Well, you muted yourself again.
1: Hey, I, I I don't know what the hell's going on. I here. don't know either, man, but now you're maybe, here. Maybe my wrist is touching this pad. Um, but San Francisco was averaging 33 carries and 175 yards a game. I changed my mind a little bit because I was really like, if they hold them to 110. I think for sure they can win, but maybe if it's 125, they can still get it. Well, they held him to 32 carries, 113 yards with a long of 13, bro, and that came at the end. Mm-hmm. Um they had Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries, 35 yards. They held down Debo Samuel, four for forty-five. I mean, Kittle got his, but one of those was a great play. I mean, it happens sometimes. I mean, shoot, man. The only thing they didn't do was was get a turnover today.
0: Yeah, and they uh, almost had a couple because Bland almost had that one where Purdy threw it up, and then Diggs. And I mean, Diggs like Diggs is like the one guy on the team that you feel like if the ball hits him like that that he's going to catch it. I mean, oh. and, and he wasn't expecting that obviously because it was deflected, but man, it went right into his hands. And I thought right. he was going to pick it because it was Diggs, and it, and he didn't. It just and it's just. For whatever reason, the Cowboys
1: get the divisional round. It's like the ball never goes their way anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, now they did give up seven out of fourteen on third down, but yep. you only gave up three hundred and twelve yards. I mean, you play – We all, if you watch the game, they played well enough to win. They got no help from their offense. which oh, yeah. is You know, part of the problem. Um, but Dan Quinn put on a masterful performance. Micah Parsons was terrific. Uh, Tank Lawrence was a beast. Leighton Vander Esch played well. Uh, again, whoever was playing over their left cornerback was fine because we didn't notice them. And, yes, you're playing another pro team. They will make some plays on you from time to time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think we all knew that they were going to score. But, I mean, the fact that you held them to nine points in the first half, and that was with Dak throwing those two interceptions, I'm sitting there going, okay, it's nine to six at the half. And you've made multiple mistakes, and Dak has thrown two picks. I mean, your defense is bailing your ass out, and the and the offense could do nothing. They could do nothing in the second half. Obviously, nah. six
1: points in the second half. Nah, but you know, I, I you know I, I was trying to tell at least one Clarence Hill Jr. last week. San Francisco led the league in scoring defense. Man, 16 They did. A half they have a very good defense. 16 and a half points a game. Uh, but this was an interesting game. Because they definitely controlled the game and played well, but I didn't feel like they dominated. Like Nick Bosa did not dominate the game and disrupt the game, and you just had no choice. Now, he he did a couple of Nick Bosa things, mm-hmm. but it just never felt like Dallas couldn't do anything. It's just like they couldn't make a play when they needed to make a play. So I'm not taking anything away from San Francisco. They played well. Uh, Dallas didn't do enough. Um, but there were opportunities there at various points to apply some pressure and make a play and they just couldn't get it done, man. They couldn't get it done. And 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 now you you wonder, I mean,
0: moving forward, at at what point at what point do you point fingers at Kellen Moore? Do you start wondering about Kellen Moore, who is supposed to be this well, this boyhood wizard offensive coordinator? But see, and you look at it in the regular season, it's great. You know, for the most part, this is a team that scores a ton of points, they put up some yards, but then they get into certain situations and it seems like there are times where it, you just you can shut down this Cowboys offense, and maybe like yeah. we've talked about earlier, it's a playmaker thing.
1: See, I look at you know, you know, I tell you, I had this running debate with my father all the time, man. Everybody's so like Joe Banner, fairly respected voice, I think, in amongst NFL circles, used to be the Eagles' vice president or president or something like that. And he just put out a tweet, man. Like, if Jerry is serious about, and I'm paraphrasing just a little bit, if Jerry is serious about winning Super Bowls. Dan Quinn or Sean Payton will be his coach next year and I was like did you really look at this game and go McCarthy's fucked this game up get rid of him because I didn't I mean no not at I, all I don't think can so. I can I question a decision or two he made well sure you could do that with every coach every week but to sit there and act like oh yeah, Mike McCarthy screwed this whole thing up I was like I didn't get that feel yeah not not at all um Kellen Moore, I thought Kellen Moore called some 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 good plays. That option on the touchdown drive was a good play. There was two or three others that I thought were fine. Um, he was handicapped by the same thing that anybody's gonna be handicapped. Like when Tony Pollard is gone, that's a huge thing, man. Because I think if Tony Pollard is there, you can you can still run the ball and hope for some success because he's shown a propensity to pop one if you just if you block it right, he'll get through there and get you ten or twelve. Now your drive is kind of kick-started. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like, you know, we can discuss Kellen Moore, and then we can go, okay, Matt, let me ask you this. Did Kellen Moore dial up the play that got Michael Gallup wide open right. with three minutes left? I mean, fuck, you got to throw it for him too, dog. Yeah. You know, I mean, did, did we like the play? Where they threw the bomb from the five yard line Or whatever it was And got CeeDee Lamb for 40 yards on first down When broke a Tendency Did we like that play? Like I looked at this game and I said Dak Prescott did not play well I didn't look at this game and go Ah, Kellen Moore fucked this thing off Ah, you know Because again Once Paulie goes out With this particular team You really are a handicap, man Because Now y'all know I'm a Zeke guy But Zeke ain't done nothing in a month and so the reality is, why do you think he started trying to run the ball with CeeDee Lamb? Like, we got to get some speed out there. Um, I didn't, I, you know, and then I just didn't see Kellen Moore as being a huge problem this this in this particular game. Uh, but that's me. Did you think he was a problem? No, there are times where I wonder, and again, like you have
0: to sit down and talk and they'd have to go through the film with you and show you maybe why they don't do certain things you know, why they don't, because Dak seems to do so well at times. And he, he we know that he has had an ability to run and maybe since the injury, they don't want to use him as much doing that, but seeing more RPOs and seeing more bootlegs and things to get him outside the pocket where he seems to really excel just some things like that more so than anything. But outside of that, I would say no. And, and when you look at his four seasons as offensive coordinator, they finished top six in points in the NFL in three of those four seasons, including this year, obviously. They finished in the top 10 in yards in three of those four seasons. They led the NFL in yards in two of his four seasons. So to your point, obviously, if, if you can consistently be one of the higher scoring teams in the NFL, your offense is working. But like you said, can you, you, you've got the play, the, 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 the guy's open, but your quarterback can't make the throw. And Again, it all comes back to Dak. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes back to Dak because he's what makes yeah. this offense go. And, and you know, it reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl that had a chance to hit the throw to win the Super Bowl for the 49ers and he couldn't do it. And Shanahan said, well, the fuck this. We're drafting Trey Lance. And I feel that way about Dak. I don't know now that I trust that Dak's the quarterback that can make the throw to win me a damn playoff game when I need it. He didn't show that he is.
1: I mean, I can't sit here and argue with you. I, I can only say that And I said this, this year is such an outlier from who he's been. I don't know. So I kind of like to need, now I need to see next year to see, are we going back to who Dak has been? Or is this a new Dak who's emerged? I find it hard to believe, but maybe it is. Because, um, you know, he's starting to pick in eight of the last uh, nine games. Um, You know, I mean, you can't win turning the ball over. Uh, it doesn't matter whose fault yeah. it is. Sometimes if you're throwing in a tight window, these happen. So you can't throw in a tight window. And he might, after he's had a couple of drinks or a couple of shots, might be like, well, you know, dog, real tough. I wouldn't be throwing into a tight window. So some of these motherfuckers could separate. And there's that. You know what I'm saying? Which, so, I mean, which, right. that's what he might tell you after a couple shots. And then that circles uh,
0: back to the front office and everything that we talked about going into the season.
1: I think we know this. The offense at times was very good uh with Dak uh very productive but to be that level you know it's like man this is what it reminded me of it just kind of dawned on me uh this was a while back I was talking to my boy Mike Mark McLemore former Texas Rangers uh infielder about the time he played on the uh what is it, Seattle Manors who won 116 games And I was like, dude, but y'all lost in the first round of playoffs or they lost in the playoffs. Like, what was that like? He was like, can I be honest with you? I was like, yeah, dog. He said, we had a great, fantastic regular season team. Mm -hmm. He said, but we didn't quite have the star power that we needed to win in the playoffs. He said, we had enough good players that in the regular season – we we get you because our back our guys who didn't play as much were really good and you know he had all these reasons why they were a great regular season team he said but in the playoffs man you need some more guys who can just take that thing over and he said we just didn't have it and that's why we lost he said it doesn't mean we weren't a great team we just weren't a great playoff team and so you look at these cowboys man and on offense you know who are the real playmakers they got to be your quarterback your running back and cd lamb cd lamb made a play i feel confident of tony Polly had to been able to play the entire game i liked what he was starting to do uh he just got hurt man that's that's just lucky to draw and then dak didn't make any plays today no uh, maybe unless we say you know he made a nice throw to cd on a big catch but he didn't for your quarterback's got to play well and he did not play well he was um he was subpar and you just couldn't have it, man. Yeah, San Francisco got a really good defense, but you had to get more from the quarterback. We didn't get it from the quarterback. And now as I told y'all, man, some sad singing and some slow walking off the field at Levi's Stadium and everybody looking sad. Yeah,
0: and, and that's where this thing is. And, and that's where it's been for 27 consecutive seasons, which is just absolutely mind-boggling to me. It, it, it's, it's stunning that this franchise, while other franchises, I mean, at least get to the final four, at least get to the cusp of having a shot at the Super Bowl. And in year in and year out, no matter who comes and who goes and the quarterback or the players or who's going to be the coach or the OC or whatever, they still cannot get over this hump. And that's where a lot of you want to move this conversation to next. So we will. But One thing perhaps and this will make you feel better because the big game is going to happen and we know that the Cowboys shockingly again will not play in it it'll be one of four teams it'll be Philadelphia or it'll be San Francisco against Cincinnati or Kansas City but one thing that can make you feel good is Smokey John's Barbecue because they've got the big game pack for $149.95 you can get it ordered and they'll have it ready for you for that big game coming up in February a half gallon of brisket queso, four pounds of wings, 20 hot links with the bread, the chips, the Smokey John's barbecue sauce, all of that for $149.95. So if you're having a party for the big game, you need to check out Smokey John's and have them cater it with the big game pack because that sounds awesome. And their brisket queso is insane.
1: Dude, all you need to know about Smokey John's is whatever you eat is deliciasimo. Mm-hmm, it is. Uh, including the brisket queso. Uh, the smoked wings are fantastic. I mean, I mean, Smokey John's, man. Everything is fantastic. Um, now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention you should order all that and then ask for a jam session bowl on the side. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a Super Bowl. Go all out for it. That's what I would suggest. And that jam session bowl, you can only get it, I like to say, if you know, you know. But it's on the secret menu. So if you know, you know, you got to ask for it specifically. Uh, but this is a mac and cheese base, man, or a macaroni and cheese base, or a mashed potato base. And then your choice of two out of five smoked meats, your boy. You know, I never ask you, man. I always say I rock with the brisket and sausage. What do you go with, man? Man, it's it's hard to turn down the brisket,
0: obviously, now, because I don't get brisket all the time. But I will tell you, I've had the Steve White, which is also on the secret menu, which is the catfish that they do, which is just, I mean, their catfish is unbelievable. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. And you wouldn't expect that from a barbecue joint. But that's the whole point is I don't know whatever that you get there at pretty much anything that you want to order. Their sides are fantastic. I mean, you you cannot go wrong with whatever it is that you want to order at Smokey John's.
1: No. Nah. So back to my original point. point, two out of five smoked meats. Then they put all the stuff you find on the baked potato, like bacon bits and mm. butter and sour cream and chives mm, and all that stuff. Yeah. Drizzle it. Drizzle it. With that sauce that Matt likes to drink. And hey, there you have jam session bowl, man.
0: There you go. It's right there. Smokey John's Barbecue. It's in Dallas. It's right off of Mockingbird. So swing by and grab the jam session bowl or get your order in for the big game pack. That'll be coming up on February 12th. Or order their Smokey John's sauce and their rub. You can order it online. They'll ship it to you wherever you are. So you can check them out online at SmokeyJohns.com. Also, the podcast made possible by HFX Foundation Solutions. And we've talked about this for months now because of what happened last summer in the DFW area that messed up a lot of foundations. That insane heat and drought can really play with your foundation, which is why if you see some sticking doors or some cracks in your walls and your floors and stuff like that. You need to just call HFX Foundation Solutions. It's a free, no obligation inspection. And let them come out and check out things. And And maybe you do have a problem. But if you do with foundation, you want to catch it earlier. And the earliest as possible is how you end up saving a ton of money. And that's why you need to get on the phone to Aaron and his guys.
1: No, nah, man, the thing to do is to call Aaron and his crew and ask for the colonoscopy for your crib. They'll know exactly what you're talking about. And, we, we you know, we joke around when we say it, but, but you get a colonoscopy, why? To make sure your internal health is fine and you're good to go and you get the peace of mind that comes with it. Same thing for your crib, man. A lot of things can be going on in your house behind the drywall that you don't know nothing about in them gutters. I mean, who goes up there and looks at the gutters on a regular basis? Nobody. Stop lying. Nobody does that. Right. That's what, that's what Aaron and his team are for, man. They come over there. They check it out. And if they find something, chances are they find it early. And so it's just a fraction of the cost that it would be if they find it late. Or you get that clean bill of health and you go, wow, I can just chill out because the inside of my house is great. It is. That's
0: why you give them a call. 817-770-0174. Or you can check them out online at hfxfoundation.com. So a couple of questions. And, And the one thing. Everybody always does this every offseason. I know I've seen it on your Twitter, and I've gotten a ton of messages about it as well. And I understand the frustration. It's all Jerry's fault. This goes back to Jerry. As long as Jerry is the GM, they're never going to win. I feel like you and I have tried to explain this a gazillion times, that this isn't just Jerry willy-nilly going out and doing everything, that, you know, Will McClay does a phenomenal job. And again, it's... Is Jerry the reason why Dak Prescott throws two picks? Is Jerry the reason why Michael Gallup is wide open and Dak Prescott can't hit him? Is Jerry the reason why Brett Maher is missing extra points? Now, you can say Jerry's the reason why they got rid of Amari Cooper. And it put him in this position to where when they got into a game that they needed an extra playmaker, they didn't have it because Jerry wanted to trade that guy. I'll buy that. Right. But
1: I mean, but you got to give him credit for it. You just right. can't pick out the bad stuff and right. give him credit for it. you got to give him credit. If, if, you, if you're going to think that he makes all of these decisions, then you got to give him credit for being, uh, you know, who is that? The Buffaloes, the only team that won more games. They won 12 this year. Yeah, And so you got to give him that credit. Uh, the reality is this, and I can't speak for other organizations, but they make a lot of consensus decisions around here. Hey, what do you think is best? They have a huddle, they meet, they come to a consensus, and then they, they pull the trigger on it. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Amari Cooper deal was not a good one. Uh, these are not dumb people. Will McClay is not a dumb guy. I would imagine that they will add some type of offensive playmaker at receiver um, in the offseason. No don't know where it's coming from. Uh, there'll be a lot of options out there. But you got to add another playmaker, man. Another dude that can really make some plays. Yeah, because you have to give
0: credit to the front office as well for the Tyler Smith pick that a lot of us ripped in the draft. And he ended up being, for the most part, phenomenal as a rookie and and really showed some flash. Micah Parsons a year ago when everybody was like, oh, they need a cornerback. Why are they drafting this Micah Parsons guy who didn't even play because he opted out due to COVID? And now they've got what is obviously one of the top young defensive players in all of football. So there's a variety of different moves that they've done that have turned out. Nobody's going to hit on all of them. The other thing is, all in all, because I I mentioned this, Todd Archer, when we had him on, and we'll talk about this again with Todd coming up on our next episode, this season to me was a failure if you didn't get beyond the divisional round. And this reminds me, I just tweeted something out about this, this reminds me of somebody who does all the work in class and has really good grades. And then the teacher comes in and goes, yeah, so by the way, the final is going to be 100% of your grade. So all that stuff you did all semester is great. That just means that you're ready for the test. And so this is hundred percent of your grade. You pass or fail. And the Cowboys took their test today and they failed. And I, I view this as a failed season.
1: I don't know that I can view it as a failed season when i picked them to go eight and nine before the season. Cause I didn't think their offense would, would be worth a shit. But then they turned out to be a pretty damn good good team. But then at the end, it was their offense that failed them. Mm. Uh, Because remember a couple weeks ago, I was like, because sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true tomorrow. I was like, it's kind of flipped from a defensive team and special teams to an offensive team. And so, you know, I think their offense is going to have to win the game. Well, ultimately, it was the defense that that found itself after a few weeks of – you know being out there in the abyss and, right you know it's just sad that the defense i i, I just I'm, I'm here to tell you if, if you had told me that they were going to hold san francisco to 19 points 312 yards right christian mccaffrey 35 yards in the run game 113 i really figured they'd have won even if it was 20 to 19 21 19 i thought they'd have figured out a way to score a couple touchdowns uh but they didn't and that's why they lost today That's why they lost today, and and again,
0: it's it's a failure to me, and I get that you learn some things, but as a fan and as somebody who has higher expectations of where I want this thing to go, and again, they made the move to Mike McCarthy to get past this point. They invested in the money in Dak because they believe he was a guy that could get them past this point. Everything that they do is supposed to be designed to get you to another super bowl and at least get you over that hump so that we can all collectively breathe and say oh okay it is possible to play for an nfc championship game and to be one of the final four teams in the nfl and they haven't been able to do that and they didn't do it again this year and that to me i mean hey it's better to make the playoffs and win a playoff game than not at least you get that experience but we've seen it happen now a couple of times in a row and you go back to this I don't know. It's just Marcus Spears just put something up on Twitter that I, it, it, he's exactly right. And it, it, fairly or unfairly in the NFL, and we all talk about this and we've talked about this many times at the end of his career. Nobody's going to ask how many Super Bowls that Zeke Elliott played in or what he did. But that's all that Dak is going to be judged on. How did you perform in high leverage situations when the games were on the line in the playoffs? What did you do for your team? And as Marcus Spears put out, We judge QBs in high leverage moments, not the convenient ones, whether it's fair or not. When you get the big money, winning the ones you're supposed to doesn't hold much weight. It's these that do. And he's come up short twice now. And you look at that, you know, I'd say even more so than that. They came up short in 2019 when they went on the road and lost to Los Angeles. They came up short last year and they came up short again this year in the playoffs and that's his legacy. He's got the two playoff wins, but more so it's the failures that right now you kind of look at and say, man, what could have been? You you had a team that could have gotten it done, and and you didn't get it done.
1: No, but, you know, his career ain't over. It's so, not. It's not over by any means. So, so he's. this is all part of the story, and nobody knows how the story is going to end. Um, the story could end like – I mean, we just don't know how the story is going to end. And so – Yeah, he sucked today. I mean, I think he would tell you that he sucked today. Um, Doesn't mean he'll suck next year in the playoffs uh, if they get there. But, uh, you know, we all know that legacies are made in the postseason, man. That's why Aikman and Starback are heroes Mm -hmm. and why Don Meredith is not on that list, nor is Tony Romo, nor is uh, Danny White, because they had playoff failures, not playoff triumphs. And Dak is still writing his story. And we'll see whether he ever gets to put himself in a conversation with Aikman and Starback or if he's forever doomed to be in a conversation with Romo, and uh, Danny White and Don Meredith. Yeah, it,
0: it it really feels like they're going to have to, as a front office, understand who this guy is, and and go out like, and we I think like the theme of this podcast tonight has been it's on Dak but it's on the front office to recognize that this is Dak is not an elite quarterback and he's never going to be he's seven years into the league and I think there's a lot of concern for that man you're seven years into this thing and you're throwing more interceptions than you ever had in your career I mean this you're you're not a playoff rookie this wasn't your first opportunity you've been this is your sixth playoff game and you're throwing two key interceptions in in a playoff game like this that's you can't have it. You just can't have it. And they've got to find a way to load this thing up with as many offensive playmakers as possible.
1: I mean, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I've, that's just the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the job. It's understanding your personnel and understanding what guys are capable of. I think Dak can be. I mean, Dak is to be what he's always been. He's a really good quarterback who's somewhere between eight and ten in the league, um, depending on you know who's hot on a given year. This year. He was probably lower than that because he didn't play. But in general, I think you can win with him. But you got to keep players around him. And they didn't do that, man. They trusted him too much.
0: You know what's interesting is, is, and as we get close to wrapping this up here, on a bummer of a night, I sat on the couch afterwards, really that final minute because you knew nothing was going to happen. The game was over. And I sat on the couch for like 10 minutes just shaking my head and staring into space where you ask yourself, what the hell How in the hell did I grow up rooting for a franchise that was one of the elite franchises in the NFL that in the, in the entirety, vast majority of my life can't even get past the divisional round. It's just mind boggling. I I just, I mean, we're Detroit, we're Washington. Those are teams that don't play for conference titles because everybody else does literally every other team in the NFC plays for conference titles, except Detroit, Washington and Dallas
1: uh yeah for now bro that's that's what it is is. yeah but i think um that could just be me and y'all know i'm not really in the sunshine pumping business but it's just me uh i like the way mike mccarthy is building the team or i like his philosophy i like the way he's doing it uh they got to get more playmakers they got to get more help they got to do some more things Um, but I like the way he's doing it, and his biggest decision will be, yo, what they gonna do with D.C.? Because I'm like you, I expect Dan Quinn to go, and Dan Quinn, I don't really get caught up in it very much, but Dan Quinn has just been phenomenal, man. He has been, yes. And it's not just, to me, it's not just a matter of scheme, even though you know he came up with this big nickel three safety thing he's been using. It's the fact that he, signed, he found a guy like J. Ron Kirst and was like, oh, I know exactly what to do with this dude. I know he's been a, uh, a nobody in the NFL for five years, a special teams guy. Trust me, I got a, I got a, I got a vision for him. And then he went out and got uh, the guy from uh, the rookie from undrafted rookie from Florida A&M to kind of be that same type of body. Uh, who's the fifth round pick from um, South Carolina. Who's got the funny name? I can't remember his name now. Having an old man moment. Number twenty-four. The name. Muka, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Muka he's, Rama. Yeah, he's six four. He's doing that thing. Yeah. And so I love the creativity, and moving Michael Parsons around, mm-hmm. and saying we're gonna we're gonna do him the way y'all do people, man. We're gonna find matchups and exploit him, and you you gonna have to look for him and find him. I just love everything he's done with the defense, man. He's been fantastic. And that to me will be a hard dude to replace because even if they hire Joe, Joe Witt, you know, uh, who's coaching the secondary or something this year, even if they hire him and make him the coordinator now, it's that feel thing and that creativity that Quinn has that he's going to take with him.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be tough, man, to replace a guy who's had the defense playing on that level for two years. And they were phenomenal today. The other thing to throw out there, because I, I know that you had posted on Twitter, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? And we're getting a lot of reaction, as you might imagine, from many of you that listen. Multiples of you. So this is not directed at at one person. It's always like you will like to say, if you think I'm talking about you, then I am. And if you don't, then I'm not. But there have been multiples of you that basically have the summary of we should trade Dak. I bet we could get a first round pick from him and start over a quarterback. And I always think, like, this is really interesting to me. It's like the Sean Payton thing. Like, if, if you trade Dak, so you guys don't want Dak, but you think he's a first-round <laughs> quarterback because you think that you'll get a first-round draft pick back from him, which means that you think Dak is worthy of a first-round pick that you want to use to go get a quarterback, hoping that he'll develop into be at least what Dak is. like that that doesn't make any sense to me and also and I get it because most people don't pay attention to this guys Dak Prescott will be the starting quarterback in 2023 and the Cowboys don't have a choice he has an 89 million dollar dead cap hit even if you trade and this is what people don't understand in the NFL a lot of the times and that's fine when you trade a player That doesn't mean that you are no longer obligated on the cap due to what he was supposed to get. Like the other team will pay him, but you still get a dead cap hit for moving on from him. So that dead cap money, depending on when they were to trade, let's just hypothetically say we're trading Dak to Houston. Like, I I think I saw somebody who was like, I bet Houston would love a guy like Dak because Houston will give you the number two pick in the draft for Dak Prescott, because none of you guys think that he's good. But Houston wants to have him as the number two overall pick. But let's just say that Houston wants to do that. That means that you are on the hook for $89 million in the next two years because you can split it depending on when he's traded. How in the world are you operating when you are splitting $89 million of dead cap money in two years on your cap, those are what teams that are blowing it up and completely starting over do because they're like, well, we need to eat it for two years. So let's just go ahead and make this move. We'll do something in the draft, and then two years we'll be cleared from this. The Cowboys aren't in a position to eat $89 million. No,
1: no. No. Um... I mean, that's, I mean, you're a good man. I don't even indulge some of that stuff because, I mean, come <laughs> on, man. I mean, you got to have some facts before we can have a real conversation. Right. Um, the question about Dak is not trade him this, that. The question about Dak is what we told y'all the question was, which is why y'all listen to the podcast and should share it with all your friends so that y'all can be knowledgeable fans or more knowledgeable fans. The question about Dak is, do you extend him or not? Because... Typically, you don't want to wait till the last year to start contract discussions. Why? Because we saw that. Well, hell, I'm this close to free agency. Let me just wait and see what's out there. I don't need to sign with you right now. So you typically start of a four-year deal. You typically start at midway through year three, if not the offseason before year three, if you really like a guy. Now, because of this year, all that's on hold and all that makes everything more complicated, man, Um, in terms of getting the deal done with Dak and getting stability at that quarterback position. Because I'll tell y'all this once again. I really will. Dak sucks. Dak stinks. Dak's this. Dak's that. Okay, that's cool. It is. I mean, whatever it is. You want to get rid of Dak. Okay, fine. We'll get rid of Dak when his contract is up. Once you get on that quarterback journey, people, Mm -hmm. there is zero. Do y'all hear me? Zero guarantee of when you get off of it. You could be like, like like, you were blessed to have with Dak, where you go from Rumble to Dak. You can go from uh, just a couple years, you can go from Peyton to Luck. But since Luck has been retired, bro, what the Colts have done at quarterback, man? Well, they've tried to have a variety of different veterans
0: come in, and those guys have failed for them.
1: Right. You could be like the Bills. You can go from Jim Kelly in 1997 to Josh Allen in whenever he showed up, 2019 or something. That's a long time, brother. You can be the Dolphins. They ain't had a franchise guy since Marino. They thought they had one in Fatua. Real talk, man. Yeah. His concussion situation makes you go, well, I don't really know. You can be the Jets, who thought they had one. I don't really know if the Jets have had one since Joe Namath. But the Jets have had one. Um, They thought they had one with the number two pick in the draft. And all I'm telling y'all is once you get on the quarterback journey, there is literally – no guarantee when you'll get one. Maybe you go from Favre to Rogers, Right. Or maybe you're 30 years like the Chicago Bears. And so before he sits, like, ah, it's whatever. Get rid of man," man. Right. Dog, it ain't that simple, man. That's a long, lonely journey.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is the Cowboys are not going to be bad enough, barring some injury like we saw when they were able to jump up and get Zeke. You're, you're not going to be bad enough to where <laughs> – You're making a move to have the number one overall pick in the draft, which generally speaking, if you're going to go because you can look at it and you can look at Joe Burrow, you can look at Trevor Lawrence, who turned out, you know, Pat Mahomes, who just fits what the Chiefs wanted to do. And they saw something in him, you know, guys like that that were drafted like 12th overall, I think, with with Mahomes. But how many of those busts that are up there at the top? Like, I, I think the Bears like Justin Fields. I think that they're one of those teams that wanted to put some weapons around him and see what they can really do with him but they don't know for sure on Justin Fields. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Well, I, I, I wouldn't have drafted Baker number one overall. Okay, maybe you wouldn't have. A lot of people would have. Cleveland did, and he, he burned out. There's people, I, I would not have drafted Zach Wilson number two overall. I, I, I did not think Zach Wilson would turn out. I happen to be right on that one, it looks like. But think about that. I mean, the top of the draft, even when you have a top five pick, is still quite a crapshoot. Of who you're getting at quarterback, which is a lot of the times why when we see quarterbacks drafted one and two overall, I mean, we can go through it over the course of time. I mean, is everybody stoked about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz? They went one and two. You guys want one of them? I mean, there, there's no guarantee that you if you get a one or like CJ Stroud beat, or, and Bryce Young, very well, maybe the top two quarterbacks drafted this year. Chances of both of them turning out are probably very low. One of them will, but which one? I don't know. Yeah so that's that's that thing and that's the and again it goes back like to the dead cap and stuff like i think everybody just needs to understand when you look at certain players on the cowboys like i know a couple people said time to get rid of zeke i can't believe they kept zeke this year he should have been gone i've seen multiples of that again they couldn't get rid of zeke this year because his dead cap would have been 30 million dollars which is why they will move on from him after this season because his new dead cap drops down to 11.8, and if they release him at a certain point, they can split it's it over five. two years. Yeah. So then you can eat that. Teams do that all the time, where they'll eat $5, 6000000 million on a guy, no big deal. You're not eating $30 million on a running back in dead cap space.
1: No. so Or, yeah, typically that's reserved only for quarterbacks. Yeah, and only
0: then for Carson Wentz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is reality, man, but... You know, it's one of those things and, and,
0: and I get it. There is a lot of angst. Ang- angst, pissed off, frustration, bummed out. And I get it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you because I have I have been defending Dak for seven full seasons and I'm not going to defend him anymore. I'm just not. If you want to say he sucks and you can't win with him, I have no argument to be made against you until he wants to show us that he can because he had a chance to do it tonight because he lost one of his guys, and his defense gave him an opportunity, and he failed. Now, does that mean he's going to fail again in the future? I don't know, but that's all I've seen. I've seen two divisional round playoff games with Dak Prescott as the quarterback, and I've seen two divisional round losses. now he didn't play good,
1: man. So He didn't play good at all. Uh, and when you don't play good, you just got to sit there and take it. Um, You know, he uh, I think I just put something up there I mean, he said uh, he didn't play good today There's no way to sugarcoat it Uh, Not that I expected him to man, Because that's not really how he gets down Uh, Or as he said I've got to be better And then on the interceptions I can promise the number will never be this again I can promise that And I'm, I'm all down for that Because Dak, if nothing else, is accountable But the question is, like He'd said that after several games, like I can't do this again, I can't do that again, and yet we saw it every week. So my point would be, again, you'd have to talk to him after a couple shots. Like why? Why is why why are you so sure that the number will drop? Because you're gonna get some more talent in here, or you know what's the deal? I don't know, man. I, I, that's
0: that's the hope, right? You got to have something else coming in here surely the front office can look at this but then again it's the Cowboys so I don't know what I put past them for all I know we're going to get to Oxford again in six months and Steven's going to be smiling and chuckling going as we we got some we got some dry powder if we need to use it we feel real good we feel real good but we've got some dry powder we can use and we we, we lack where we're at as a football team is that what we're going to hear again and they're going to try and trick us and make us think that you know Noah Brown and James Washington and Jalen Tolbert are the guys that are going to step up to replace Amari Cooper and they'll be just fine. Come on.
1: No, man, I told you, dog. It's uh, it can't be that man. It's got to be better than that. I saw it coming. That's why I said to me they, they ended up much better than I really thought, because I didn't think with this offense they would be able to squeeze this much out of it. But again, man, in the playoffs, it requires something deeper. Um, and that's why, you know, it's a really tough loss, man, because you played defensively. I mean, you did everything you could to win the game, but it's a team game. You just didn't get enough. And, um, you know, the offense had enough opportunities. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah,
0: they couldn't, they could not get it done. And, you know, there's that in, I just think everybody just needs to understand the money thing because I'm seeing multiple tweets about it, you know, new quarterback move on from again, it's not happening. It can't happen. There is nothing you can do about the money. It cannot be done. He is going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. That's just what it is. Now, you can be pissed. You can be mad. You can say, well, that's dumb. You hate it. Okay, grow a third arm. Well, that's stupid. I can't. Okay, well, the Cowboys can't get rid of Dak. Same thing to me. The other thing is the Sean Payton thing, man. I just, here's what I don't get. I really don't understand this. And maybe because I know, Todd, we talked about this with him a while back. Maybe we'll compare him and Mike McCarthy a little bit more so on our next podcast. It'll drop on Wednesday. So you want to trade because it'll take a minimum of two first round draft picks to get Sean Payton. Now, keep in mind when the Bucks traded for John Gruden, it was two first round draft picks, two second round draft picks and eight million dollars in cash for Gruden to go to Tampa. If I'm the Saints because Sean Payton is still under contract for two more seasons If I'm the Saints, I say, I want that package or we'll just continue holding on to him. And then next offseason, before he goes into his final year, you can lower your price. Right. But if I'm the Saints, I hold him up. I I put his feet to the fire and say minimum two firsts, which is kind of what you've been hearing is it'll be two firsts at least. So if you trade two firsts, you want to trade two firsts for Sean Payton because you believe he's the coach that will get you past the divisional, because it's not about you don't think he's the coach that will win in the regular season. McCarthy's doing that. He's not the coach that gets you to the playoffs because McCarthy is doing that. You believe he is the coach that will get you past the NFC divisional round, which that is the coach that you want to give two first-round picks to that got past the divisional round in his career with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees, and he was only able to get past the, the divisional round three times with Drew Brees.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I think, you know, dude, in a lot of cases, the coach you don't have is the coach that you think is the greatest coach ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, the it's the backup quarterback syndrome to me. And I, you know, I like Peyton. Peyton's one of my guys. But if you, if you compare his record to McCarthy, they're basically the same guy. And so, you know, I've gotten off the Peyton bandwagon. Like, I don't think he's ever coaching here because... I don't think he would ever put himself in a situation where he had to cede as much power and control as he would have to do here. Because what did yeah. I just tell you? How did, how did the Cowboys make decisions? They sit around over a beer or some Johnny Walker Blue and say, hey, what do you think about this? And then they go back and forth until they come to a consensus. Sean is used to working with Mickey Loomis like, yo, dog, I think this is what we need to do, all right?" <laughs> and right. it gets done for the most part. So I don't think he wants to give that up, man. As I like to say, man, check this out. All of you who went to college or, you know, took a gap year or something, you get, you get back home and your parents are like, hey, hey, Matt, be home by 10 o'clock. And you're like, you know, I love y'all, but I'm used to staying out till I get ready to come home. Well, under our roof, you'll work with our rules. Uh, okay. Uh, and then the next day you come back, hey, I found me a nice apartment. I'll be moving at the end of the week. Love y'all. <laughs> It's the same thing with Peyton man he ain't coming he's used to operating by himself he ain't coming to work for the Cowboys where he got to deal with a consensus and all his other stuff and the other thing is you know Jerry don't mind paying players. Jerry ain't really interested in paying a coach 14, 15 million dollars a year yeah
0: so we can put the Sean Baton I just I just don't understand it anyway. I would be
1: shocked if sean payton were ever coaching the dallas cowboys
0: i don't want to give up two first round picks to get sean payton personally I, I, and look because so, some people will say because to your point well you know that's what dallas needs to do then let sean payton come in here and run things and and it, it's kind of like the dak prescott conversation to me jerry jones is not getting rid of the team the joneses run this thing the way they run things they're going to continue to run this thing the way they run things So trying to get Jerry to do something different than what they've been doing is just not like they're not because he did it with Parcells and it didn't work. So I I just I I don't like there's a couple of things that Cowboys fans sometimes seem convinced. Well, if they would do this, they're not going to do certain things. So you got to work within the parameters of, of the function. You have to live in the reality in which we've been presented. This isn't the matrix. Right, right, right. And this is our reality. So how do you find ways to win within this reality? because they haven't done it in 27
1: years (laughs) (laughs) the easiest way is to upgrade the talent on offense right i think so too however you need to do that and maybe you need to take a couple of receivers or acquire a couple of receivers so that your top four are of a certain talent level and then if noah is your fifth guy because again noah brown brings some value because he helps in the running game he does a lot of different things very versatile and i think he's a fine average player and there's nothing wrong with being average but you don't want an average player to be like your second option so many times. So if they added two receivers, it would be fine with me, man. But they got to get more explosive um, on offense and uh, they got to do it ASAP.
0: They got to do it ASAP because the clock is ticking and it feels like we're about to Romo this thing and waste another decade uh, of some talented guys. I mean, it, it, they are talented. I, I, I don't think Dak is elite by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he sucks. I I think I'm starting to buy more into the he might be Kirk Cousins. I think he's a better leader, like off the field, like his mentality than Kirk Cousins. But man, when you compare the stats and you compare their playoff stats and all that, they are almost the same guy statistically, which is really scary. But that's what it is. And by the way, before we wrap it up here, Todd Archer letting everybody know that Tony Pollard suffered a fractured left fibula that will require surgery and i think i saw in one of his tweets that's usually like a three-month recovery time period and that's a bummer for a dude who's going to be a free agent and and now you wonder and i, I imagine anybody would use that in negotiations of well Man. i mean how are you going to heal how are you going to bounce back
1: i think he was always getting a franchise tag from dallas so i don't i don't even think it's that big a deal
0: yeah it makes sense uh, that they would because I think is somebody that does, con- like maybe it was Joel Corey or somebody that does contracts said that, you know, Pollard projects like a three year, $27 million player, like nine mil a year, and the franchise tag would be like 10.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I put, I'm no Joel Corey, but I put something out a couple of days ago or a few days ago that said, the franchise tag for one year is 10 if you put him on another year it would be 13 and so conversation starts at 2 years and 23 million because that's what i get if if you put the franchise on yeah. for consecutive years um you know so you can do it like that and make it a, a crazy third year or you can make it a legitimate third year it doesn't matter but i didn't think he was i didn't think he was ever going to escape the two year franchise thing now maybe they can work out a deal and get him 3 years a little more guaranteed money, but still, the 23 is guaranteed, so that's where we're, that's where we're starting at. It is, and we'll see. We'll,
0: uh, we'll wrap this up, and, and Todd Archer will join us, and the Cowboys season is over again. It's just amazing, man. All the hope and all the dreams of thinking. I, re- I thought, man, Cowboys in Philadelphia for the NFC title just sounds awesome. It would be badass. Not this year. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to play for a trip to the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys will go do what they always do on NFC title game weekend, which is not playing that game.
1: Wow. Yep.
0: Truth. All right. That'll wrap it up for us. We appreciate all of you. We will be back. The podcast will continue to roll forth, bringing you the episodes. And uh, once we sleep on this a couple of days and come back with some more thoughts and some ideas of what they can do moving forward and how this is going to play out. And, and, Who knows? I mean, for all we know, by the time we sit down to record in a couple of days, Dan Quinn may be named as the new head coach in Denver. And then that'll be a whole thing. So it's over. It's over. And it sucks. It sucks to suck. But that is the motto of the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.